Everybody, you don't know me, cause you're totally old and wrinkled, gross. Daddy, you smell funny, like a box of tinkle, or an old shoe. Daddy, can't you see, it's time to set me free, a clean slate, I'm headed off to Arizona State, should be cool, maybe you can come daddy. Daddy let me go, I'm headed to a show with the girls We're sitting front row at Jimmy Eat World Hey, you come too, Daddy, that'd be totally awesome if you could show up I don't care if you come, no big deal, okay, see you, bye And Daddy, I'm talking to ya But you never listen Cause you're watching baseball Daddy You just tooted Around my friends Barfo Daddy won't you please stop ignoring me I'm in the dark But you're watching Jurassic Park But daddy you're a man And I can't understand the things you do Like wearing panties And watching the view Totally gay daddy Gotta stop doing that Embarrassing Okay cool see you bye Daddy I saw your band I took my friends And they thought I was a nursing home And daddy I meet my boyfriend He's totally cute And he wants to be a pro kickboxer Daddy said you're grounded dear For sipping on a beer What a joke when half your blood is made of Crown and Coke But someday you and I will share a glass of wine or a keg Until you die from getting Coach's leg Until you die from getting Coach's leg I love you daddy I totally love you. This song is for you, Daddy. I gotta go. Bye, Daddy. The ticket. Oink. Oh, <laughs> here we go. Right. Hey, maybe we'll change the theme into perpetuity. Pig pen time, Danny. So I got saddled with the task. Thanks, Corby, by the way. Saddled? Yeah. Honored, you mean? Of having to watch Top Gun for the first time in my life because I guess it's its 35th year anniversary 35 years ago I believe Tuesday 
and it was released. And Top Gun Part Two is coming out this year. Top Gun Maverick will be out either in the summer or the fall. It may be up for awards, so they may save it for like November awards season. Okay. So this film came out in 1986, the year I graduated high school. And How did you avoid this? I've heard the references. I know all the music from it, but I never, ever sat down and watched this film from start to finish. I'm sure it's been on cable where I've seen it and, you know, when changing channels back when you used to do that. And yeah, yeah. I'd see it and I knew what it was and I had no interest. I just had zero interest in Top Gun. Because it just seemed so silly to me. Because everybody... You know what I think it was? I think it was the nicknames. The, the flying nicknames? Their flying nicknames I yeah. thought were just so cheesy. We'll get to that in a minute. But let's talk about some of the things that I did like about Top Gun. <laughs> okay. We'll start there. And from the opening credits, when they started playing this, I was like... Okay. It's a pretty cool score. The score is great because some of the, the programs that are out now have kind of gone back to that throwback 80s VHS type of scoring where it's all done on early MIDI computers. Like, you would hear, this is something you would hear like in Stranger Things. Yeah. 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 So I really dug the, I mean, retro now, but at the time, probably cutting edge vibe of the score, the music that is played outside of the you know danger zone and take my breath away in the hits and right. whatnot. So they kind of had me locked in right here with all the the jets on the aircraft carrier. Heck and yes, all that fun stuff, and they're going through some exercise in the air with the fake MIGs versus our fighter pl- pilots and and Commander Saroy. <laughs> The guy that looks like one of the Soroy twins is kind of overseeing this training operation. and You know what throws me off? You know who what? that guy is, don't you? That's the guy from Back to the Future that McFly, the teacher or oh, yeah. principal or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's the guy that I, because that came out the year before. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't connect those dots. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so they're, uh, they're up there doing their thing. And then I was reminded in this next clip of why I thought this movie that I'd never seen was going to be stupid. <laughs> Hear this. Who's up there? Cougar and Merlin and Maverick and Goose. Great. Maverick and Goose. <laughs> Cougar, Merlin, Maverick, and Goose. I bet you they're going to buzz the tower. And he's like, great. great. And the way he says it, Maverick and Goose. <laughs> <laughs> Laughed out loud, knew I had to record that. Call sign, bro. Had to have call signs. Cool I, call signs. I guess you did. So then we goose. segue from that. Yeah, Goose. We segue from that to a, a cocktail party scene where they're in their dress whites and their naval officer's uniforms. And I'll be damned if 10 of them don't commence to virtually me too Kelly McGillis at a bar to the soundtrack of the Righteous Brothers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is like one, the most famous scene in the movie. Yes. If it's not There's top no two or three, if it's not number one, it's two or three. You didn't like that? That was so ridiculous. <sighs> okay. And look. Okay, go ahead. No. Okay, so what? So Goose. 
who Anthony Edwards didn't Anthony Edwards lead the charge in that? Like he's always real upbeat and positive and fun and right off the set of Revenge of the Nerds. Totally. I think she's lost that love and feeling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's definitely come lost on. that love and feeling. Come on, bro. Mav. Come on, Mav. And then they all you know break into song or whatever. But I can tell you this: I was 16 when I saw this. Mm-hmm. I knew he was going to die because someone had to die because you're doing military aerial stuff and there's got to be a plot twist where someone's dead yeah and it's got to be stakes right we have to know something's on the line he was way too happy he loved he a, his wife he way too much yep, a, and it was meg ryan child. right yeah it was meg, meg ryan yeah. very good joe goose i love you she's real country and blah blah shake my ass and you know just all that stuff uh he there was no doubt goose was dead and yeah. so when he died i was like mm-hmm yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't surprised when Goose bit it, and the way he died later on in the film when they're, I don't know, Maverick's plane go, gets in trouble and they have to eject, and the canopy won't open all the way, and they eject oh, Goose, boy. and he breaks his neck on the top of the canopy before he parachutes into the sea. Pretty poor, badass, poor Goose. Yeah, rest in peace, Goose. <laughs> well, there was some some attempts at comedy. I'll need. Let's play one joke. So this, look, okay, this is the most testosterone-fueled, ridiculous 80s movie that you could ever imagine. Did you love Val Kilmer? We'll get to him in a minute. <laughs> Perfect. We'll get to him in a minute. But here, here's here's your prototypical 80s dong joke. Okay. Goose, you're such a dickhead. Whose butt did you kiss to get in here? Huh? Well, the list is long but distinguished. Yeah, well, so's my Johnson. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, the list was long to get in here. Oh, yeah, so's my Johnson. Long, hey, bro. Long and distinguished. Oh, yeah, so's my Johnson. So, bro. Yeah, I feel like the 80s really focused on Johnson talk. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to I'm gonna need some assistance on this joke because I think he says one thing uh-huh. that doesn't hold up when you're throwing out an AIDS joke Uh-oh. in 1986. Maybe that's fun in games then, but now what we know about it. It might not be the same thing, but he might be saying something else. You guys help me out. I told her how tough it is here. You know, my ass dragging like an old tired dog. I told her that you didn't even have a woman here. Really? <laughs> you know what she said? She said, well, he probably doesn't have one. He's got AIDS. <laughs> now, is he saying eight or AIDS? AIDS. Yeah, she probably doesn't have a woman. He's probably got AIDS. It's, well, he probably doesn't have one. He's got AIDS. <laughs> it sounds like AIDS, but it could be. He probably doesn't have eight. one woman. Yeah, he's got maybe AIDS. It, yeah, you know what? Maybe it is. There's AIDS. no way they're making an AIDS joke. That, I maybe. Mean, dude, that's right at the time of like Ryan White and all that. Military guys would never joke about. No, no, no. no. Neither would radio guys. <laughs> no, no, no. Of course, all. you know, Maverick is the guy that doesn't. He follows his own rules. Yeah. And look. Maverick should have been court-martialed 11 times in this movie for disobeying direct orders. You didn't like when he buzzed the tower upside down and flipped him off and made the coffee spill? And Can you imagine yeah, that th- really th- going for, on? Thanks for going back to the coffee spill joke four times in the film. I know. Dadgummit! <laughs> it happened again! I was drinking my coffee right when you flew 800 miles an hour, two inches from my head. Yeah. So yeah, Maverick is... It, <laughs> Obviously, from a military standpoint, this is one of the most unrealistic military films you'll ever see. The fight scenes are pretty good, for, especially for 1985, or the MIG scenes, or whatever you want to I'd call I'd like them. to get on YouTube and find some guy that was in the Navy 
that would comment on this on the realism of it, and I guarantee he would say this is garbage. No, 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 no. So they got the Navy on board. The, Na- the, the Navy was 100% in cahoots with this, and so they were part of all this because at the time— It was one big recruiting commercial. Exactly, and they knew that, and it was the most successful piece oh, of Navy propaganda okay, ever. Okay, that's fine. Propaganda isn't what— it's not based on facts. Yeah, but th- those when were- you see these these uh, armed forces commercials trying to get you to be recruited, they're doing kick-ass stuff. I know. It's I not know. that. But I mean, the, but what I'm saying is, all of this was Navy uh, inclusive. Okay, that's great because they were using it as propaganda, but not to get all the facts right. Yeah, no. I mean, I, there were very well, little the, facts. Well, the volleyball scene. Yeah, that factual. was true. All right, let's. Obviously, the most famous scene is the erotic volleyball scene where Tom What Cruise, kind of erotic? Just erotic. <laughs> I don't see things that way. Where Tom Cruise is, <laughs> is, is, is crushing volleyball with no shirt and jeans. What, what oh, were yeah. they doing? The, what was going on? And there's slow motion okay, cuts. I don't and, remember. And wiping their brows. And Help me out here. Did they just cut away? skin. Were they f- like flying jets? And then were they like sitting there looking at each other? And they go, hey, you want to play volleyball? There's oh, no, is there no lead in There's or anything? There's no context. They're just, just playing volleyball. Yes, it is a it's... cutaway to about two minutes of shirtless man volleyball. So Quentin Saturday. Tarantino is very open and outspoken that this film is very homoerotic. <laughs> and he says that scene in particular is case in point number one. There's another it makes scene. no sense. It doesn't belong no, it at doesn't. all. There's another scene where after Goose gets killed and Tom Cruise is grieving and Tom Skerritt, his you know CO or whatever, is in the, the shower room with him. And as he walks out, he has this lingering stroke across his back like it's going to be okay. So but rather than just a pat, it's just like, mm, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yes. He kind of strokes his entire... Dude. Adam Sandler admits that, back. that the SNL bit, sh- uh, SNL bit, uh-huh. Schmidt's gay, right. is based on the volleyball scene. I like it, it. it all comes from that. So let's bring in Val Kilmer, who didn't really have that big of a part as Iceman. Bro, Iceman will kill you, right? No, Iceman was a weenie. <laughs> What about the towel scenes where they were always just always freshly showered? So many towels. Well, here's an exchange between Iceman and and Maverick where, look, we get it. Maverick's a rogue. He's dangerous. <laughs> you guys really are cowboys. What's your problem, Kazansky? You're everyone's problem. Yeah. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Ice, man. I am dangerous. Maverick, you and Goose get your butts out of that flight gear and up to Viper's office now. <laughs> Take those towels off, boys. <laughs> That's right. Let's see some wieners. <laughs> Please be shirtless when you get up there. So Goose dies. Get up here right now with no towels and, and no shirts. And then shirt. there's some backstory about Maverick's dad, how he served in Vietnam with Tom Scarry. He was the best. That's right. He was the best. But they Boy. couldn't. They weren't able. To, Goose, Maverick never knew how his dad actually died because it was classified information because they were flying in a, a, a protected zone yeah. and did bad things. But he saved a lot of men's lives up there in that sky <laughs> and i was one of them and i'm gonna fly with you maverick tom scarrett was awesome i like tom scarrett he yeah. had a nice mustache too so at the end if we weren't 
we had forgotten possibly that Maverick was dangerous after Maverick uh, knocks out all of the MIGs in real combat on some mission that still is yet to. And we make don't know what what happened. We were fighting. This grenade. We went to war with Russia for like ten minutes. Right yeah. at the end of the movie, <laughs> but that's classified. And they too. only had two planes anyway, or three. So here's Maverick and Goose. You're so dangerous. Part two at the end of the film. You. You are still dangerous. You can be my wingman anytime. Oh, yeah. You can be mine. Yeah! 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 Let's play volleyball! You just said yeah! the opposite of what I said. Let's cheer. <laughs> no, you can be mine. And that's the end of the movie. Is that how it ends? Pretty much. Freeze frame on them and high fives. And there's flight jackets with 1,100 patches and Maverick rides a motorcycle. Through the aviator glasses. Do you know how many pairs of aviator glasses were sold after this movie? I wear have been wearing them for forty years. Oh, not look because who wears them. Oh, now we'll say fighter pilot yeah. over there. I will say that that Goose had the best aviators because he had the more square ones. Uh-huh. Those yeah. o- only a certain kind of man can pull those off, and it was Goose. You think Danny wears the little jumpsuit every now and then? Put your aviator yes, glasses on. That'd be awesome. <laughs> So yeah, overall, this movie was exactly what I expected. It, you know awesome. what I was, I was grateful for? That it wasn't like two hours and 15 minutes. It clocks in right at about 144. Perfect. So it's not a big commitment. And as uh, if you like to laugh at 80s nostalgia and ridiculousness, it's fine. What about Kelly McGillis? She's fine. And it's got Berlin. Unbelievable. Her is the, the instructor at Top Gun School. Yeah. Yeah, it's she, it's really a bad film. She's not in the second one. It's really, really a bad film. By bad, you mean incredible. Nope. There you go. A++. Just below the three pluses that Point Break got. I did laugh a lot. Okay. A lot of laughing. Yeah. Thank you for that. The ticket. D-E-A-T-H. <laughs> what does that spell? Death, 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 death. <laughs> Do we need lyrics? <laughs> Trifecta time. Boy, it's been a big week for sure. We have uh, rummaged through Roy Horn, right? Phyllis George, and now the great Fred Willard. Um. This is a I don't signi- even what a significant week. I, I know, and you know, Fred. Fred was eighty six. Damn, he died of being eighty six. I don't even know where to start with Fred Willard because I don't know what I think of when I think of his name. What I first think of when I think of his name uh, is it the Christopher Guest movies? Yeah, for me, it is. Okay, it is to me too. Okay, I mean, he became such a part of that makes me want to watch them all again you know what that may be a really good family thing to do yes but do kids and i'm talking about teenagers even Uh older teenagers do they get that do they get best in show and waiting for guffman because it's absolutely weird it's really weird it's an acquired taste and i don't think so well i don't think it's for them really no i don't well did they get king of kong 
Yeah, but that's not that's trying not to be ironic. From, well, I know, but Best in Show is made like to th- capture the fringe niche world. Right. And the whole time you're supposed to be wondering if it's real or a documentary or the, and know, that's yeah, another yeah. thing I mean, is like trying watch, to explain would they watch Spinal Tap. Is that the same troop? I know it right. is. Waiting for Guffman. Think they'd be into that? Yeah. Well, Spinal Tap at least has a couple signs along the way that says we are doing a comedy movie. Whereas, I think Best in Show, there are you know there's enough. What are the three? Best in Show, Waiting for Guffman, and then the third yeah, one is... Uh, uh, Mighty Wind? A Mighty, Mighty Wind, yeah, 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 which I didn't like A Mighty Wind near as much no, as the first two. No, Waiting for Guffman's pretty tough to beat, and Best in Show's awesome. I saw Best in Show when I was probably 12, and, and I did not get it at all. Like okay. I didn't know it was a comedy, but then I watched it again when I was 20. Were you like, are these real people? Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I wasn't familiar next, with were it. Were you sitting next to parents over laughing, though? Yeah, I think they I think they rented that okay. in Austin Powers and they said no to Austin Powers. So that was oh, like man. the fallback movie. What do you mean? Like you put it in and they're like, "Oh, yeah, I think okay. we, we we tried the first 5 or 10 minutes and they're uh, like, "Now we'll watch best they show." It was and stupid, I was just disappointed. Right? the first time he's like, "Yeah, baby." But yeah, I went back like and watched reunion. it as an adult and I I freaking love it. The reunion arena drop. Well, yeah, baby. <laughs> the beauty of the Christopher Guest movies, which included Fred Willard, is that we're told at least 75% of it was improv. Yes. And I believe if it. That's the case. Fred Willard as the dog show announcer. I mean, you talk about flat out genius and subtle genius as well. And he was a go to guy. The first time I ever saw Fred Willard, I'm in college and it's late at night. And I have no idea why this was still on TV. And it was on like either channel 27 or 33 or 39, and it would run at 1 o'clock in the morning. They ran Fernwood Tonight. Now, did you guys ever watch Fernwood Tonight? No. No, but I love that song by the Eagles. There's going to be a Fernwood Tonight. A Fernwood Tonight, I I know. I don't think that was uh my parents loved that show they did okay it was a fake tv <laughs> show be put in Danny uh, yeah i'm enjoying it no I, I never saw fernwood tonight are you familiar with it no, at all this is the first time hearing him and it. martin mall doing a fake late night talk show like a johnny carson style talk show mm, probably holy not. cow and it was the this was sounds great dude this was late 70s uh i, I don't know exactly what network it ran on and how it did i mean it is so obtuse and so out there and so weird it was a spinoff from mary hartman mary hartman okay i didn't watch that show my dad loved that my parents thought that was high comedy okay 1977 (laughs) is when fernwood tonight came on the air that is his character was named jerry hubbard okay and martin mole who played barth gimble (laughs) Barth? Barth Gimble. Okay. They were the host of a small town talk show. And so all this stuff that you... And it looks exactly like something that you would see from Best in Show, from from A Mighty Wind and all these Christopher Guest movies. It has that feel where you're like, what is happening? Are these real people? Right. It, it It really didn't make any sense unless you were in on the gag. But he was brilliant in that. And really his career took off right after that and man 
I was a huge P1 of Everybody Loves Raymond. I still say it's a top five sitcom that I've seen. I was by the channel every single week. And when he entered the fray on that show, mm-hmm. playing one of the grandparents, basically, on the show, he was like this supposed to be this straight-laced, uber-Christian... Um, uh, he is uber Christian. Just so so conservative and straight laced, having to put up with the nonsense that the the kids and the grandkids threw out there with him. Georgia Engel, who just passed away this last year, was his TV wife in that. Okay, and they were so brilliant in that. And it's like the older he got, the funnier he was, which I think is such a rare rare what thing. What else did he do before he got into all the guest movies? I mean, that's the thing. I, he did. I don't think he. I mean, he he obviously did a lot of bit parts and a lot of appearances, and I'm certainly not an expert on this, but it feels to me like this is one of those guys that broke out after sixty in like in bigger fashion. You know, I I, I agree. So, so he's Burnwood tonight. Yeah. he was big. That was a big deal yeah, okay. back then. So that I just was don't ni- remember it. That was nineteen seventy seven seventy eight. So that he became a thing then. But even that, that's you know forty years ago. He would have been forty six. That's really old to to suddenly have your star in in Hollywood. Do you even remember his role in Spinal Tap? No, not at all. What he was, was he? he was the handler for the band that brought them onto the Air Force Base. <laughs> the lifelong military guy. That's all right, guys, and this is where you'll set up. And uh, by the way. I don't think you boys would uh, would fit in around here with those haircuts. I don't think they meet military regulations. You're yeah. just oh, whipping ma- their ass the as, whole time. Uh, right, right. As a matter of fact, mine's getting a little shaggy itself, and it's just like crew <laughs> squared, squared away. Squared yeah. away. Uh, he was a uh, a big part of Modern Family over the years. Of mm-hmm. uh, uh, like father in law was he Julie's yeah, dad? Yes. Okay. Do you guys remember DC Follies? Oh, yes. Love okay. DC Follies. He was the bartender That's on right. DC Follies. Yes, he Follies. was. Okay, That's okay. Where I That's him from. right. Yeah, and that was uh, mid 80s or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was a big role for him. You know, he he just had that look though and the and the persona that was just I'm TV announcer guy. And so he was kind of that every every man uh who who you felt was an official voice of a television show or a or a news program or something like that. And so to a younger mind who can't distinguish, you know, all white guys look alike sort of thing, he he felt like one of those guys that was in a million things. Yeah. So he either ha- one of you guys I guess I can say this. Either one of you guys watched the the series Shits Creek? Yeah. Okay. I, I've not seen it. Has he made any appearances on that? Because that is Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara from those yeah, films. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Wondering if he's well cameoed on that. I, as somebody who only watched uh, probably a half dozen, and I stopped watching, I don't have a good reason. I I would not be a it's great not amazing. It's no, fine. no, it's, it's fine. fine. It's fine. It's sweet. It's cute. Uh, he's in Community. I know. I've heard about that. Yeah. I'm about to get to it. Uh, he was uh, in Roseanne. He was in Laverne and Shirley. Uh, he was just kind of like the actor's actor. And when you needed like a go-to weird comedian yeah, I, I, I to kind fill of a, a role. A milk toast, straight-laced guy that was really um, dry, but also oddball. Yeah. someone I saw someone post this that when they met him on set of whatever show it was, and this was like in the last five years, whatever he was doing, 
that he walked up to him and he was like, Mr. Willard, I'm a huge fan and I can't believe I'm, you know, meeting you and all this. And he was like, you know, I'm going to, uh, or he, something to the effect of, uh, you know, you've made it, son, when I throw my shoe at you, you'll know when it hits you in the head. And he kind of looks at him and walks away, and that was it. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No, no. And he's like, I just love that guy. So Netflix has a new show coming out called Space Force. That's right. Which is Steve Carell, and mm-hmm. it's a mock-up of... of a bunch of people in yes. it. Yes. He plays Steve Carell's dad in Space Force. So oh. he's got another role coming up here pretty soon, which they say is just hilarious. Wasn't he like... Man, I thought I just read that he one of his original shows was a Space Force. It was. In 1978, he was on the very short-lived Space Force, <laughs> yeah, which was a TV show uh, huh. about this group that was uh, somewhere up there in space in, in, in uh, some remote space station. Yeah. Uh, he did uh, have a, an incident. What? Oh, no. It was his own peewee incident, right? He, uh, did he get caught in a theater? Oh, no. We're doing weenie things. Not only did he get caught in a theater, he got caught in a theater at the age of 76. What a baller. I need to feed my penis. All right, Mike. God. What? Yeah. Did he just sneak into the movie? No, I'm sure he paid to get into the movie, but he. No, I'm saying that's. Was that his offense? Uh, oh, he... Yeah. Oh. He was in the trunk of the well, car at the drive in, Bob. Or did he. Uh... Leave one after it was over and sneak into a second and see both movies. All I know is if you're 76 and you're in a weird, seedy theater, which I don't even know these things existed anymore. I didn't either. And you're in there doing that? Mm. That's weird. But it adds uh, to his legend. Peculiar. (laughs) Most peculiar. So you say he was how old? 86. 86. No, 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 no. 76. It was 10 years ago. So in 2010, yeah. he's getting nailed for that? I think so. I think it, he was in his mid to late feel, 70s. Yeah, I feel like that would have been um, newsworthy. I think it was. <laughs> I recall this being a very wow minor blip. On and the- is that like the career... Uh, the record high for an age for that sort of offense. I don't think that ever stops, Bob. Uh, we'll see. This happened no, no, in, this, for, for being arrested in oh, a theater for that sort this of This happened in 2012. <laughs> he was 78. All right, read the news story. I'm almost impressed. Uh, now we need to hear the uh, According to TMZ, <laughs> he was arrested for lewd conduct last night in Hollywood. Look at his mug shot. Look at this, Danny. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I did it. Oh, wow. Uh, Police allegedly caught him with his pants down in an adult movie theater. Vice officers went into the Tiki Theater in Hollywood and found the 78-year-old Anchorman star. Again, great in Anchorman as the boss. That's right. uh, With his penis exposed and in his hand. Oh, boy. He wasn't just doing an adjustment? All I'm going to say is take a look at the tiki theater that he was in oh dear all right i mean it is maybe he doesn't know how to use the internet 8 45 p.m he was in and out of custody boy what a beating if you run one of those theaters so to speak like, all right here's what? another guy you you know, right no no i'm just, no i know i did but i'm simply saying it must be exhausting oh, yeah yeah. Okay, Fred to Willard. The, uh, I your, guess. your shoulders are sore from all the mopping. Uh, you're just like, not you two. Just can one person watch the movie? Can't we here? just enjoy the film together? Yeah. 
He tweeted about this, about oh. getting arrested. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he's also 80 he with said, a Twitter account. Wait till you hear my version, much more PG, and my review. Lousy film, but theater would make a terrific racquetball court. Full story to follow. <laughs> Did he ever follow? Uh, he said that it didn't happen, or at least what they claimed happened did happen. This is pants around his ankles. Yeah. Yeah. He might have just been making a minor adjustment, right? We've all been there. This is a weird obit. It is. Well, you know what, though, awesome. man? It is. It's kind of cool. It almost, it, it, yeah, it almost like makes me respect the guy. Oh, minds this wheels off. The, and then there was that time. But he, he also had that face that made you laugh just looking at him. True. Absolutely. And that is such a gift to these types of guys where anytime you see him, you start laughing. And just the gift of ability to think on your feet and improv your tail off. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he tweeted, too. He would have been good at uh, roving with the mic. Somebody died Go like... get the wireless out. Somebody died like a, two nights before he did, and he tweeted about their death. I can't remember who it was. I'm sure we've already done the trifecta on him. Uh... Some old crony of his. Was like, it Jerry Stiller? It was Jerry Stiller. Oh. Yes. The night after Jerry Stiller, or I guess that that uh, uh, that day, he tweets about him, and then he died the next day or two days later. So it wasn't it a long illness? It was... He was 86. And they, yeah, I think yeah. He just, no, I Yeah, I, I think I he that. just died. Just You know what? It wasn't a challenge between the two, though. I don't think so. I don't think so. We should all be so lucky... <laughs> He, he still had his wits. He's still tweeting about his friends and all that. And you mm-hmm. just kind of, you go. Still had his tea. Definitely had Clearly his tea. Clearly had his tea. <laughs> I love that guy. This one hurt, man. Yeah, this yeah. is a really funny guy. And that's the thing, too. It doesn't matter what generation you're in. You know, I think even, you know, 20 year old dudes are very familiar with Fred Willard. Because of Anchorman. Yeah, probably so. He never quit acting. Oh, this is, we're on quite a stretch of like, significant deaths that are like man bummer him too i know her too yeah all right there it is the ticket i had the talk with my kids last night about you know what's going on and and um how'd they take it they were cool did they have a lot of questions not a ton you know there it was (laughs) a lot of statements it was a lot of uh we know this we know this and I think it's a lot of these kids are aware that, um, you know, what's going on is not indicative of what the way how the way they feel. You know, mm-hmm. they've been raised differently. They've grown up in different circumstances. They've grown up in a different time. They haven't heard their grandparents espousing this, their parents, their friends. You know, it, it's not it's so different from when we were kids Must and what nice. we heard. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And again, I mean, maybe it is different, like in small towns or deep south or something like that. I don't know, but it's certainly having grown up, you know, twenty five miles down the road. It's a lot different than when I was growing up. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, there's progress. Yeah, there is. But uh, then you're like, okay, can we get some progress? No, there is. It's just, boy, steady as she goes. And I tried iceberg. to, I tried to explain to them too that. You know, I know 50 years sounds like a really long time to them, obviously, and it is, but it's not that long of a time to look back and see what was going on with civil rights and to know that when I was born, 
when I was alive, that, you know, there were still separate water fountains around here. And that, to me, has always been so weird to think of, you know, that that was going on when I was freaking alive, that there was a football team that was not integrated that won a national championship when I was alive. It's wild. And that was Texas, by the way. They've only had one I know. championship where it was actually integrated. I did shoehorn that one in, too. Yeah, well. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, anyway, no. It, it and, and so you try to paint that picture that I was alive when this was going. Think of your, yourself as being alive and how that would freak you out. And they're like, that doesn't even make sense. I'm like, no, it doesn't make sense. Well, the story that um, I wanted to tell you guys was about how we can be better and how I really feel I missed the boat. And I was just a kid, man. I was 15, 16 years old when this was going on. And and so maybe, you know, I can look at it as it was just youthful fear, ignorance, whatever. Um, I, I think about this a lot, though. And there was a and I grew up in a lily white neighborhood in Arlington. OK, in Interlock and freaking canals. Mm-hmm. We're our backyard and, and all of that. So we had a black family that moved into the neighborhood when um, I was a kid. And it was like, oh, wow, cool. Finally, you know? Yeah. Um, And I think it was about a month into them living there, and they lived right around the corner. Like several houses down? This was, yeah, they're not on the same street, but it was one street over. So now how did was, you know? Did you see them moving in? Yeah. Was there, was there word around town that, ooh, wow, there's a black no. family moving in? I mean, we could see their house, and yeah. you just knew. And, and, and so... What was the neighborhood general discussion? Is that what you're about to get to? No, 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 no. No. It's what... Uh, an incident. Um, there was no discussion. I didn't talk about it with anybody. The, the kids were, they had little kids. Mm-hmm. They, so they were younger. Yeah, they were younger than me. And so I, you know, it wasn't like I was going to play sports with them or anything like that. It was just mm-hmm. a younger black family that, that had moved in. And, um, and and so one day as I'm walking around the neighborhood, I passed their house and they had a garage. And it's, you know how garage garages, when they're down, they have eight or nine window panes at the very top. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, of course. Okay. Individual little window panes. Someone had, in the middle of the night, had shoe polished the N-word oh, spelled man. out in those individual windows. What, one letter per pane? Yes. E. For everyone to see. And I mean, you talk about being stopped in your tracks. This was... This was this in was in 1986. Wow. Like in right Arlington. After, like right after they moved in? Yeah. You said a few months after they moved oh, okay, in? Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, still, it's right after yeah, they moved yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sitting there, and man, my head, I, I couldn't believe it. And I, I felt like so dirty and so cheap that this had gone on gone on and where i live you know and it was so disgusting to see and i didn't know what to do i didn't know who to tell and i went home and i told my parents and they're shaking their head in like embarrassment like shocking embarrassment and i was about in tears well i walked past him the next day and the dad was out there on a ladder 
with a sponge, window pane by window pane, cleaning off the shoe polish. Bro. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, it was... So there I am, and I saw him. I saw him doing this. And he saw me watching him do this. Okay. And in my head, I'm thinking, go say something. Go help him. Go offer some assistance. Say anything to the guy. Let him know that somebody's got his back. Yes. And the other side of me was, oh, my God. He thinks it's me. If he looks at me and sees me looking at him, he's going to think that I did it. Because every white person, I would look at him and be like, it's you, kid. Mm-hmm. And it's, I'm thinking that it was obviously kids, but I don't know. Dude, this could have been any adult. Absolutely. Or an adult who commissioned his kid to do this. I don't know. And he looked at me as he's wiping those things down, and I look at him, and I just duck my head, and I kept walking. And not only did I keep walking, I didn't walk that way again basically until I got out of school. You didn't go by their house ever again. I was so... I had a hard time driving past their house. Yeah. And it is one of the biggest regrets that I have as an adult now. I mean, just say something, man. Just go and... And, and you know... You read a lot and you hear a lot now about about just basic dialogue. And a lot of the black community, that is what they want you to listen at the very least. And if you if something does pop up like this, yeah, do something, say something. And I can't imagine what it would have meant. Maybe nothing. I don't know if I would have walked over there and just said, sir, I am so sorry. And I don't know who did this to you and your family, but I'm here to tell you that... Let me give you a hand. Yeah, I would like to help you clean this up, and that nobody in my family feels this way, and that I don't know many people in this neighborhood that do feel this way. But he was all by himself, and I don't know how many people on a Saturday afternoon saw this happening, and nobody helped him. Dang. And dude, it's the sorriest thing, you know, A, for someone to do that, and B, for... For me and whoever else just to let it go and, oh, God, dude. Oh, my God. And, you know, I don't want my kids to ever feel that way to to walk away from a situation like that. Did you tell your kids that story? No, I couldn't. I couldn't tell them that that I did that, you know, that I was part of not the problem, you know, because I'm not promoting it. Yeah. But I certainly wasn't part of any solution. Man, I think I honestly at some point I think that's a worthwhile story. I do too. Because you know, I mean Well, that's a wonderful opportunity to be incredibly vulnerable with your kids and human. Yeah. And yeah. I, maybe not tonight, maybe not tomorrow, but man, I it it'd be a hard story to look at your children in the eye and say, I did this. Yeah. No, I, I love that that sticks with you, though, because, first of all, it, that speaks to who you are and, and, and you know, the common decency of, of most everybody that we know would would feel, you know, like they let somebody down. And, and, and really what it boils down to is just think about 
the process. You know, we were talking about this yesterday. We were talking about why are you know churches separate? Why is why is the most segregated time of the week Sunday morning in our society? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. That that's problematic. Why why are schools uh, you know so so rarely um, just populated uh, evenly? Evenly. Um, why do we have black neighborhoods? Why do we have black schools and and, and everything? And 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 it's explained to us by our parents that uh, well they 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 just enjoy living. Uh, around each other it's a community and and that's what their cultures and yeah that's kind of a nice way to say it the other way is in that neighborhood they don't have to worry about anyone shoe polishing their windows with racial slurs because they all have each other to in a certain way sort of um you know build enough numbers that nobody would dare try that Except like in Die Hard Two or something, <laughs> right? Right. You know, I mean, it's just that's that's the way it is. Is you? Oh, you don't do. I bet you don't have the guts to do that in a black neighborhood. Well, why do we say that? Because okay, now you're the outnumbered one. Let's see how brave you know. And it just we just have to, as as we've said several times, several segments. It all ends with we got to get past that to a point where um you know we're 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 just we're we're just gracious humans until. Um, an individual, I mean, yes, you are still going to find individuals that are just, they act so ugly to deal with that, that yes, you will avoid them, but you will never hold other people responsible for the actions of that one person that has, you know, committed an affront that uh, you just don't want to deal with anymore because that's, that's going to happen forever. The problem is if you paint the next 500 people that resemble them in a similar way. And that's why we get stuck in these ruts. Yeah, and I just, you know, you just want to do better. You want to... Absolutely. You just... And you want to be proud of the way your kids conduct themselves when they're not worried about you looking over their shoulder. They're just doing it because they're a man in the world, and uh, now it's their charge to raise a good right. family and be part of a good neighborhood and so forth that's and you you know you don't want to you, you try to tell your kids that um like and i i mean this like i don't care about i do i want them to do good in school of course i do do i want them to be good athletes yeah it's fun to watch mm-hmm. i i hope that all that happens but in the end you just want your kid to be a good person just right be, just be honorable that's it yeah that is in the end. I don't care that what you is do it. for a living. No, I don't. I mean, hey, you want a great? Yeah, sure. Go make a million dollars a year. That'd be awesome. Be a great but, husband and great dad. Yeah, that's and it. Be a great neighbor and a great friend. Just you know? be a good dude. So. All playing radio aside, I, I have a feeling that's is that is that a story you've like told a lot of people? No. Have you ever? told oh, anybody tell, yeah, that yeah, story yeah, before yeah, yeah like really somebody you were close to or maybe your wife or a, a good friend or yeah because that's really it's really powerful i mean honestly dude hearing you the image that you painted is like incredibly real and powerful and it's like i was almost in tears putting myself in your position of of not not only seeing that putting myself in the mind of the man that's cleaning that cleaning that garbage off and how he must have felt because there's probably not a lot of black families around him you know to share that experience with and and i and i I wonder i mean it you know we we go through our lives and it's a lot of other normal rhetoric rhetoric is well 
I wouldn't change a thing because had it not been for some of the terrible choices that I made in life, I wouldn't be the man that I am today. You know, you hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we probably all said that a lot. But, dude, there are some things that I'd like to go back and change. There are things that I've done that I'm ashamed of. And I bet that probably eats your gut sometimes to think, damn yeah. it, if I could just have that to do over. Right. And it's I probably know, on a very short list. And I know I was a kid, okay? And so maybe it wouldn't, I don't know how much it would have mattered to the guy if a little kid would have wandered over there and said something. But in my head, I'm like, man, I would, if, if I was in that situation, I don't care if the kid was four years old. Can I help you, sir? I, I'm so sorry, and I'm mortified by this, and I cannot believe it happened. And it's almost like, from the way I remember it, again, this could be complete revisionist history, is that everybody in that neighborhood was super embarrassed, like really awful mortified by what it was, so embarrassed that they didn't know what to do, that nobody went over there and brought them like a casserole and said, my God, man, what have we done? And and this is not who we are. And again, I, you know, I think a lot of people in that neighborhood were in the same boat as me and my family, and that boat was, uh, we didn't think that we were racist, boy, but when something happened and we saw it happen, yeah, not a lot of people reached out. And again, I may not, I don't know, there may have been plenty of people that went over to his house and saw him and, and, and his kids or whatever. And But that that's, what you're saying though is, 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 should not be missed. It's, it's not actively participating. It's not trying to help fix i was afraid that's what it yes i was afraid i don't want my kids to be that way and i certainly and i'm not that way now at all if i see something untoward in that direction yeah of course i'm going to freaking speak up i'm going to yell to the rooftops i'm going to offer a hand all of that yeah look it's it's called it's called a spiritual evolution it's it's something that look you could have remained not that you were ever racist or bad yeah. or, but you could have remained in that place forever and that that's the unfortunate thing corby and bob that a lot of people do they never break the cycle they never try to better themselves to be better for others and right i mean it could be like be proud of where whatever you, be proud of where you are now and continue to do better for the second half of your life yeah you know yeah it's better than it's better than the the the, the it's better than the things that have incited what we've been seeing over the last five days. Yes. A lot better. I, so, I, I said this yesterday. I would like to repeat it briefly, and that is we've got the races way outnumbered. Yes. If we all agree just to pick up a finger when the time is right to protect the oppressed, whoever they may be, you know, orphans, widows, elderly, you name it, or, yes, minorities, you know, immigrants, whoever. We'll raise a finger to protect. Uh, they don't have the numbers to mess with society. They are outnumbered so badly that the only advantage they get is activity versus inactivity. That's their whole. That's that's the entire playbook. Amen. All right. Well, we can do better, and we will do better for sure.